0: Trickeration is a new weekly podcast that deep dives into some of the craziest attempts at deception in sports. I'm your host, Matt Waxman, and each week I interview key players in some of the most bizarre attempts to unlevel the playing field. Find Trickoration on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: play. This is making the rounds just now. It's kind of breaking stuff. Joe Biden, years ago, this is uh, in a 1993 Senate hearing.
2: The Senator made a very moving and eloquent speech as a son of the Confederacy. Acknowledging that it was time to change and yield to a position that Senator Carol Mosley Braun raised on the floor of the Senate. Not granting a federal charter to a organization made up of many fine people who continue to display the Confederate flag. Oh many fine people. Right. So a
1: new fine people on both sides. A newly exactly a newly unearthed clip of Joe Biden shows the then Senator referring to members of a female Confederacy group as fine people. During the 1993 Senate hearing for the confirmation of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a Supreme Court nominee.
2: You got to hold Joe Biden down and and put a Johnny Reb uniform on him. Put him in the gray of the Confederacy where he belongs. He made the surprising
1: comment about the United Daughters of the Confederacy, the UDC, an organization committed to preserving
2: Confederate statues with ties to the Ku Klux Klan. Many fine folks. Well, if you're on the right, you can never be forgiven. On the left, you're immediately forgiven. So that settles that controversy. It's as simple as that. It's about power. It's not about morals yeah. in most cases.
1: It's not a big deal to me, but we'll see how it's played it's out. It's a in huge politics. deal, Jack. Is this, this is supposed isn't? to have
3: a parallel to when Trump said that uh, about the the Charlottesville stuff. I just that... threw that in because I'm trolling.
1: Yeah, okay. no, you'll hear that all day long, though. So, we'll sure. be on the cable news.
3: Well,
2: yeah. And, and, you know, if you, I would point out that though the comparison is not a terribly good one, if you're calling the daughters of the Confederacy who have quote unquote ties to the Klan, and I don't know what, what sort of ties they have, but if you're calling them a lot of good folks, <laughs> that could be an issue. But again, uh, Fox News will talk about it for 48 hours, and uh, Biden will be immediately forgiven.
1: I mean, what's he supposed to do anyway?
3: Stop running? I mean get out of politics after I don't know, forty years. <laughs> yeah, there you Is go. that an option? <laughs> yeah, Jack thought it was a rhetorical question, but Sean, put him in his place.
1: So this story <laughs> broke yesterday. An internal memo came out, uh leaked out. LAPD officers racked up forty million dollars in overtime during the protests. They will not be paid for it and will instead be given comp time, according to a memo sent out by Chief Moore. The budget is out of cash, it says. And uh, LAPD sources tell this reporter, uh, Bill Malugan of uh, Fox LA, uh, that morale among the LAPD is at rock bottom.
2: Mm. Defund the police. $40 million in overtime. already defunded.
1: You're not getting any money for it.
2: Yeah, we'll give you time off sometime down the road that is the
1: uh that is the part of the story yet to be written on all this cop stuff is how many police um either quit their jobs or start going in certain neighborhoods or you start having trouble recruiting qualified candidates especially by the new standards that you might be implementing Mm -hmm. and i'm all for new standards but uh if you're going to make it uh, you know way 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 harder to be a cop For all kinds of different reasons. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out.
2: Well, I think the police unions, a lot of them, have gone way too far in protecting the worst 10% of their members, just like the teachers' unions. Um, And I know... Hmm. How specific can I get? I know somebody who's been involved in that process, and he he says, yeah, that's true. Um, On the other hand, if you make it so precarious to be a peace officer that your career is hanging by a thread constantly... I mean if somebody gets mad at you and the chief thinks we don't need this headache and boom you're fired and you find yourself on that national database um <clears throat> you're going to have a a real trouble getting people into policing I mean like most most things in life there needs to be a pretty good balance and I'm kind of concerned we go too far in one direction at this point but
1: but we have to go that direction cuz the 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 current state of a lot of things We talked about it many times. The whole, you're a terrible cop. Like, so bad that even of the standards a couple of months ago, they could fire you. You go to the county next door and they hire you. Mm -hmm. And that happens all across the country over and over again. It's horrifying. Right. There's all kinds of examples. (laughs) It's just, it's it's horrifying. Why would you have a system like that? Anyway, so I hope some of these things
2: are dealt with. Well, there's push and pull on both sides. You have, what do you think of the Victor Davis Hanson stuff? you have any interest in playing that for the good folks? We, or could,
1: we could do that. I'll tell you what I, uh, and then now is a good time. What I want to do coming up, have you heard about this new book that's out Chris Wallace wrote of Fox News? He wrote oh, yeah. with another guy. Yeah. This is one of these deals where you're a high-profile person and you, you know, you sidle up to some historian and say, hey, you want to write a book with my name on it? That's what I want to do. It'll sell a lot of copies because I'm a big deal, but I'm not a historian. So Anyway, he's got this book out called Countdown 1945 the story of the atomic bomb and the 116 days that changed the world as we come up on the anniversary of dropping bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And uh, there's some really interesting information in that book I thought I'd hit you with as I was reading the review the other day. The book is oh, out. Uh, oh, I love that idea. So you maybe want to do next, that segment next segment we'll get to that.
2: Okay, great. Uh, so Victor Davis Hanson was talking to Tucker Carlson about um, uh, the, the the premise was the shooting in Atlanta of the gent who fought the cops tried to run away, fired the taser at, at the one cop, and, and that cop shot him twice uh, and killed him and has been uh, uh, fired, and they may file charges against him Wednesday. The police police the whole, chief
1: resigned immediately?
2: Yeah, that's right, yeah. And uh, the arsonists sent, set the Wendy's on fire. Oh, by the way, they think they know who did it. There's, the woman's easily identified in the video, but that's thought, a different thought, angle for a different day. Speaking of Chris
1: Wallace, when he was doing this story the other day, it sounded to me like he kept referring it to as, as a Wendy. Like... He was under the impression that several of them are Wendy's, but if you have one story it's a Wendy.
2: Wow. I think that's what
1: he was saying. Yeah. I could
2: easily believe Chris Wallace has never darkened the door of a Wendy.
1: Or any other fast food joint, yeah.
2: Right, indeed. He generally dines upon something under a silver dome. Yeah. A Carl Jr. <laughs> exactly. The McDonald was set ablaze. Uh, this I could be is, wrong about that, this is friend of the Armstrong and Getty show from the Hoover Institution, Victor Davis Hanson, uh, talking to Tucker Carlson.
4: Here's this sequence of events that they would have to follow in revolutionary times. they probably have to say, sorry, if there's somebody drunk and is going to endanger people by driving, we're just not going to go there because it, it's not going to work out for us. That was the first thing they would have to say. And then if they did go, and they, it started out polite on both sides, but once Mr. Brooks decided he was going to risk Uh, resist arrest, then the police would have had to say, you know what, I'm not going to hassle, just go. And then if they decided not to do that, and when Mr. Brooks hit the police, they would have had to say, I'm not going to hit back. That's not what police do and let them be assaulted. If they decided to hit back, then they would have had to say, when he took their taser, go ahead and take it. This is an explosive situation. We don't want to do it. And then if they had not done that, when he left and took off running, then the police would have had to say, you know what? In questions of DUIs and things where somebody might be threatened by a drunk driver, we don't chase suspect, we let them go. And if they didn't do that and they decided to chase, chase the suspect, when the sh- suspect turned around and, and looked like he was going to shoot them with a taser, they're going to have to say, it's part of our job to be hit by a taser. That's just part of the job. And we might have been a gun, might have been a taser. We don't know. But we have to do that. And th- that's too many uh, exemptions in the way of the police thinking. So how are they going to react to that? The next time somebody calls my Wendy's and says that we have a male that is blocking the driveway and he's intoxicated, I, th- I think you know the answer to that. I thought that was
2: a, a good breakdown. Now, he implies a conclusion. Maybe you don't agree with that conclusion, but I thought that was a really good illustration of the series of decisions that are made in the span of a few seconds in which there is violence being perpetrated. And how you know it's a, it's a tough situation and and the police really have to talk about what their policies are in those situations and and what to do with them you know i i don't i I hesitate a great deal to Monday morning quarterback cops who are involved in quickly unfolding dark of night violent situations. A lot of people do, and i I think it's smug and and inexcusable on the other hand, if some drunk jackass wants to run off in the night. And you have his ID. Right. You know exactly who he is. Right. The rest of it. I could see uh, the police in the future coming up with a policy. I'm not faulting those guys in that occasion. You're going to find him. Yeah. Saying, all right, if some drunk jackass takes off, you know, we'll round him up uh, tomorrow or next week and charge him with evading as well. Um, but you know, the, these things can be discussed interesting calmly in the light of day without Monday morning Monday morning quarterbacking the guys actually in the situation. And I. Th-
1: I think the charges against the cop, if there are any, are going to be announced tomorrow. And that could be another day of rioting, certainly in Atlanta and maybe all across the country, depending on what the (laughs) charges are or aren't.
2: You know what one maneuver you're going to see a lot of is, and and you've already seen a fair amount of it. If I'm the DA or I'm the mayor, I'm involved in the government and, and the atmosphere is what it is right now. I overcharge the hell out of the guy. And I may even tell his attorney, look, you know these charges won't stick. We know these charges won't stick. In fact, we're never even going to go to trial on counts one and two. All we're interested in is count three. But by God, we're going to announce counts one, two, and three to keep our city from burning. So I say watch for this guy to be overcharged tomorrow.
1: Mm, Interesting. But then
2: then it never happening. It it, it won't actually end up in a verdict on those charges. Or if it does, he'll be acquitted. That's my guess.
1: Fascinating. I hope it comes out during our show so we can discuss it. So in August, first weeks of August, will be the 75th anniversary of uh, the only time a country has used atomic weapons in war. Uh, Us dropping bombs on Japan, and there's a new book out about that, and some of the attitudes around that are pretty interesting. So stay tuned, coming up.
5: The
2: Armstrong and
0: Getty Show. Why do none of our baby boomer dads have friends? I have a few theories. One, they forgot. Two, they want to be alone. Dads want to be alone. I'm not a dad, but I observed one. And he would go into a room and he'd read about World War II. All of our dads are cramming for some World War II quiz show. And I can't wait to watch it. We're just gonna change channels and see our dads win a nine hundred thousand dollars on Normandy trivia.
2: <laughs> there's a little truth to that. Well, yeah.
1: And so there's yet another World War II book coming out. Uh, Chris Wallace of Fox News, with an historian named Mitch Weiss, have written a book called Countdown 1945. The Extraordinary Story of the Atomic Bomb and the 116 Days that Changed the World. Because on August 6th and 9th, we will be having the 75th anniversary of us dropping the bomb on Japan. Um, it starts with the interesting note. Most of the stuff I've heard before, but I've forgotten. So it's exciting to learn it again. Um, uh, old Truman, who was Vice President, FDR, dies all of a sudden. Um, and uh, Truman, is the, the generals come in and say, hey, something we probably ought to tell you. We got this m- unbelievable weapon that will just completely obliterate everything. I mean, he had no idea. What? He finds this out right. after he becomes president, and, they, and we think we ought to use it. And then 116 days later, he does. So yeah. that's why you want to have a qualified Veep candidate, because you might be given that power all of a sudden
2: in a situation where you got to use it. Pressure's building on uh, Biden to pick Liz Warren, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah so um it's whiter than a ream of copier paper but eh, what are you going to do
1: it's interesting that immediately after the destruction of Hiroshima and Nagasaki two major cities in Japan polls showed that 85% of people in the United States approved of truman's action however by 2005 on the 60th anniversary of the bombings support for the decision had dropped dropped to 57% while 38% believed it either wrong or unnecessary, and they get into some of the other options that existed in the book, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, there was an argument being made by a lot of the scientists that Truman should do a demonstration of the bomb mm-hmm. on an alternative site and just show them this is what we got and what we can do as opposed to actually drop it on them and hope that that would scare them into uh, capitulating. Um, and then they go through uh, another option that was presented to them, and they say here was probably the best other option if you're going to do something else, would have been to um, accept a, uh, a conditional surrender. We were demanding unconditional surrender. From intercepted and decrypted Japanese messages, the United States knew by late July 1945 that Tokyo was seeking an end to the war and was even hopeful that Moscow might serve as an intermediary with Washington. They knew they were going to lose and they were wanting to end the dang thing. But the one non-negotiable Japanese demand was that Emperor Hirohito, who had divine status in the country, not be removed from the throne and treated as a war criminal. Well, the president's close advisors were urging him to accept that, that idea, that condition, so that we didn't have to drop the bomb, we didn't have to invade, the war is over. However, fatefully, it says in the book, four days after Truman became president in his first address to Congress, He had emphatically declared, our demand has been and remains unconditional surrender, pounding the lectern with his fists on each syllable to emphasize unconditional surrender. And he believed that there's no way he could go back on that without looking incredibly weak that quickly. And so he didn't, Mm. which is pretty interesting. And he had, you know, as presidents do, sole decision-making power on that.
2: Right. right. Something. I wonder if
1: that would have worked. Which one? The The idea uh, of conditional surrender? Yeah. You you surrender, we we get practically everything. Okay, keep your wacko emperor.
2: Right. Well, as you've pointed out more than once, uh, time and and so-called history have a habit of grossly oversimplifying things. Sure. And the idea that they would have accepted a conditional surrender, uh, maybe, maybe. And maybe there were some forces within the government who were saying that and their cables were intercepted. And there are other forces, like the ones that ran the military, who were saying absolutely not. And and Chris Wallace, while he is a very smart guy, I don't always trust him. He's, he's, he's got agendas.
1: I'll tell you the one thing that I don't think anybody would have predicted 75 years ago is that 75 years later, nobody would have used a bomb again.
2: No. In a war. Oh, that's data had to give nobody. me enormous odds for me to take that side of that bet.
1: No way you'd have thought that. Well, that's just not possible. Mm-hmm. And then, especially, add in the fact that a few months later, Russia has the bomb. Okay, well, then it's an automatic. This is going to happen. We've got to figure out how to deal with right. it as a people. And but it, it almost did. It almost has happened Probably. several times, but yeah. it hasn't happened yet.
2: Yeah. You know, that's one of the few things I can say for humanity. As it is, uh, Homo sapiens are my least favorite species narrowly beating out uh, mosquitoes for the very bottom rung. Um, but at least we haven't done that. Well, you got India and PAC,
1: uh, India and China at it last night. China killing some Indian soldiers with m- m- rocks and sticks, but they're both nuclear powers, and India's plenty mad. You never know what's going to happen.
2: And India's uh, got a, a good uh, groundswell of nationalism going right now. They're feeling kind of feisty. They got Modi in charge, and he's a uh, an India-first guy. And I hope cooler heads prevail. There's a lot of territory out there. Y'all can fist fight all day in the Himalayas if you want. It doesn't change anything. Just everybody keep cool, but we'll have to keep an eye on that one.
1: China has taken 20 of India's soldiers and holding them currently, it is believed. Uh Uh-oh. See how that all works out.
0: Armstrong
2: and Getty. The Armstrong
5: and Getty Show. But I strongly oppose the radical and dangerous efforts to defend, dismantle, and dissolve our police departments, especially now when we've achieved the lowest recorded crime rates in recent history. Americans know the truth. Without police, there is chaos. Without law, there is anarchy. And without safety, there is catastrophe.
1: Well, that's a guaranteed a majority opinion right there. The president is giving a speech right now, and this is this where he's going to announce the new uh, order on policing that he's signing and everything.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's what he's he's doing right there.
1: But uh, yeah, the taking money from police departments has fifteen percent approval right now. So uh, it's it's even uh, a majority of, of of black people don't like it. So right. Uh, that whole thing. he got is,
2: no constituency except cable news anchors.
1: Yeah, kind of interesting. And, uh, and and op-ed piece in the New York Times over the weekend. You know, you can't, you can't publish the uh, Senator Cotton piece, but uh, you can publish a piece that 15% of America agrees with. Anyway, um, I did hear Trump say, I was in the lunchroom, there's a young woman in there I've never seen before. She must work here. Mm. How is she here, though? There
2: was some dude wandering the halls earlier, too. Do you know what he's up to? There's like nobody in that this... That
1: was me, Joe. Oh, I know you. <laughs> There's like nobody in this building, except for essential employees like ourselves. Mm. are these uh, randos I see walking around. Anyway, I saw this young woman. She was wearing a Gryffindor shirt. I often wear a Gryffindor shirt. I never mm. see anybody in a Slytherin shirt.
2: Have mm, you? No. no. Uh, one of the uh, uh, bravest men Harry ever knew was a Slytherin.
1: It's a Harry Potter thing. Anyway... Um, I was watching the president speak as I was in the lunchroom next to the Gryffindor girl, and the president said a lot of the uh, politicians are talking about all of these uh, ways to fix the problem. They've been in charge forever, and they haven't fixed the problem, which is hmm. a decent point. Yeah, it these is. same people have been around for a very long time, and they're and it the ones just that are gonna, to me. And they're the ones that are going to fix it now. <laughs> Takes a long time to figure things out.
3: Now oh, we got it now.
2: Well, we were, we were talking earlier about a lot of this so-called police reform. The cops have been begging for, for a long time. Um, and, and, and begging bitterly. We need people to, uh, people trained in mental health care and dealing with the ticky tack stuff that the, 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 homeless do and drug overdoses and the rest of it. And, you know, in fact, I, I grabbed that, uh, yeah, there it is. One particularly, uh, great sentence I thought was, um, uh, from the retired sheriff, which we posted at armstrongandgetty.com, and people have been absolutely loving. It's labeled, I think, Letter from a Sheriff. Um You keep calling us for problems that are objectively not police problems, and then being angry that we either, A, cannot provide a solution, or, B, we provide a police solution. You keep insisting we be everything to everyone at all times, and you keep getting mad at us when we are merely human. So you have police begging bitterly for this stuff for years and years, But nobody gets serious about providing it until a single psychopath kneels on a guy's neck until a guy dies. It's just, it's odd. The way politics works is so odd. Something wrong? Is there a mouse in your coffee? The coffee
1: machine spit out the dirty water that it does every once in a while? Yes. Where it's just, it's not coffee. No, it's rinsing itself.
3: You got the wrung out washcloth of coffee there? Well, (laughs) sometimes
1: it says rinsing. Yes. And it's rinsing. But this said it was making coffee. And it's just... And it looks like rinse water. It looks like dirty dishwater. Tastes tastes like
2: dirty dishwater. Oh! Anyway, I need it, so... Oh, and now he's drinking it, folks. This is bizarre. he has got the caffeine. This is sick enough. A so, slave what, to the bean. Where were we? we I kind of went off on the tangent. The letter from the chief reforms, but the politicians in charge. Oh right, yeah, um, yeah. There are a lot of things that are people are, are torching uh, target stores over that oh, virtually nobody's in favor of. Hmm.
1: Um, we haven't spent enough time on Chaz today. I feel like Chaz Tucker Carlson spent a little time last night on the changing names of Chaz. I tell you what.
2: First, 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 let's do transition with their uh, their theme song. <laughs> this will be our transition
5: music. Yeah! Freedom. It's a great feeling. To do what you want to do, be what you want to be.
1: Chaz. Hey, see, so yes! Chaz with a clone. If 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 you think you're becoming a different human being by putting on a different smelling water, I want all your money taken from you. Wow. I want you stolen from. I want you taken advantage of.
2: Wow. This is cruel. That's just i find that predatory i find that so annoying i know it's a well if you if you look <laughs> logically at all perfume commercials they're hilarious ludicrous from, <laughs> I from like the, the smell princess of perfume. sashaying her way through a ball like all of a sudden you're <laughs> going to be that to literally that chaz commercials tom Selleck on a horse being a cowboy to johnny depp wearing two girls worth of jewelry <laughs> Burying something in the desert. What's any of it mean? <laughs> Nobody
1: knows. Anyway, anyway Tucker Carlson was talking about the chasing, changing names of jazz.
0: The Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone is now the Capitol Hill Occupied Protest Chop. The new name, citizens say, is an effort to rebrand the country's identity, kind of like when Upper Volta became Burkina Faso, the land of the upright men. But is that the end of it? Is CHOP really the name the country wants for the rest of time? Should we print it on atlases or should we wait? Like so many unstable young countries, is it likely to change even again to a more fitting name? And of course there are a lot of candidates for that. Wokadishu, Soviet Union, Anti-Fostan, Yemen and women, NR Kyrgyzstan, and this just for the acronym, Seattle United Communist Kale Supporters. Or how about the Open Air Faculty Lounge? Or Chicago.
1: <laughs> I don't think he's wow. taking this
3: seriously. Wow. Seattle's United Communist Kale. So, well, that spells a word. What does <laughs> that oh, spell? Uh, uh, sucks. It's, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> mm, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid. Sorry for the... So- Sorry for I, the I sailor talk. I don't know if Tucker was aware of that when he came up with that acronym. I but... like
2: Soy Viet Union.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: it went by so fast I didn't comprehend it. Soy Viet Union. I get it. <laughs> uh yeah. This is
1: no time for joking.
2: No, there it will be violence in Chaz. You think Chaz? Yeah, guaranteed. There, there are a, a bunch of hardcore lefties walking around, uh, beating people up they disagree with, and several of them are strapped. And there are increasingly uh, right-leaning agitators who are going in there to mess with them. So uh, tension continues to grow in Chaz.
1: Chaz. We mentioned this earlier. Maybe I'll mention again, just because it's not political at all. Men and women don't know what the other gender finds attractive. They did this interesting study where they had men draw a picture of the ideal woman and women drew a picture of the ideal men, the ideal man. And it turns out, <clears throat> well, then, then they drew a picture of what do you think men think the ideal woman is? Mm-hmm. And then reverse. It turns out women think men want much skinnier women than they actually do. And men think women want much more buff men than they actually do. Mm. Women are not into big bodybuilders apparently near as much as a guy might think, and guys aren't into stick figure women near as much as women might think.
2: That's good news, right, for everybody? Oh yeah, I think so. It's it's the usual, you know. It's the the bizarro funhouse mirror of the media it gives you one image of you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson and you know some some sexy uh, movie starlet who's just a stick.
1: Well, somebody and, who's naturally life isn't like that. somebody who's naturally skinny should not be, uh, you know, I'm not going to say anything negative about that because that'd be just as bad as the opposite. But I've not known guys who think that that's the ideal
2: body shape. What, like stick thin women? Well, that's what most. Oh, there's a range. Are. There's a range. I think different guys are attracted to different. Uh, you know, that's why I said most of gals. Yeah.
1: Most. And I've not known, I don't think I've known more than like one woman in my life that wanted like the bodybuilder type guy.
3: Mm. Man, they're dating the bodybuilder type guy. Right. And everybody's happy. Yeah, there's a bit of a self-selecting sample group Mm. there. Yeah, indeed. But come I mean, most women looking at Chris Hemsworth getting out of a swimming pool would admit... That's a, that's a nice piece of man right there. <laughs> yes. I don't know.
2: Yeah, he's... Uh, is that Thor?
3: Yes. He's a big dude. He's not like bodybuilder big. No, but. not like Mr. Universe stuff almost nobody finds no, attractive.
1: No, no, yeah. Which is weird how it caught on then. Yeah. One of those guys was on the Joe Rogan podcast the other day, one of the famous ones mm-hmm. from back in the day, talking about the steroid abuse that goes on. There. What was that? What was that whole bodybuilding thing that happened for a while that... Arnold participated in.
2: He'll, are you kidding? He's their king. Although He's the Babe
1: Ruth. Arnold was still there at a time when you still looked semi human and like you could conceivably look like that by working out. Then it went into because I used to see the bodybuilding magazines and stuff like that, like in the 90s and stuff like that, where it was just insane. It was no, comical. No, comical, yeah. yeah. Nobody found that attractive. In fact, it was disgusting. It was hard to look at. It was almost hard to look at. Mm. What was going on there?
3: Guys whose muscles had muscles. <laughs> and the same with
1: the women. Just yeah. like nobody oh. nobody finds that attractive. But nobody.
3: Oh, wow.
2: Yeah, and the steroids the gals take have effects, too. They they cause things. Like what? Uh,
1: You're hinting at something, but you won't say is, it all up. That's correct. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, well, what you are picked ta- right up
2: on it. What that? are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not, ta- I'm not well, talking about happens. it. I'm not talking about it. You're talking a beard, or what are you talking about? Oh, Lord. Oh, you wish it was just a beard. <laughs> I'm telling you, what goes on there. So, John Cleese of Monty Python fame, brilliant guy, talking about extremism and why people embrace it. I tell you what, as you see the mobs rolling through the streets and and you hear the cancel culture going on, and the rest of it, it explains a lot. It's brilliant. It's coming right up. the armstrong
1: and getty show breaking fashion news britney spears has bangs again full team coverage on tmz i'm sure oh boy that was her look uh, when she was the uh jailbait schoolgirl, right the bangs i
2: guess yeah Yeah, i don't i I don't know i can we talk about something else (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah that was uh oh boy (laughs) jailbait is about right uh well, speaking of the younger people, Jack, uh, why are so many political mov- movements energized by the young? Well, partly it's because they lack the life experience to realize that some of their leaders are full of crap. Often, secondly, it's exciting. It's a really fun thing to do with your friends. You get swept up. You feel like you're falling in love. You feel self-right. Just like you're changing history. It's great for your ego. Um, and, and John Cleese of Monty Python fame and also, as we mentioned earlier in the day, uh, Faulty Towers, which is one of the funniest things ever done. It's, a, it's like a sitcom. Um, he's uh, also been a visiting professor at a number of prestigious universities because he's an incredibly smart guy. And he actually has a book form of his lectures available if, if you're into that sort of thing. But uh, this was done 30 years ago, but it is about extremism. There are a couple of Englishisms here. Don't get hung up on them. Uh, but this is the great John Cleese. Whoop here we go. We don't want to do that again, Michael? Here we go.
5: Seriously, though, we've heard a lot about extremism recently. A nastier, harsher atmosphere everywhere, more abuse and bother-boy behavior, less friendliness and tolerance and respect for opponents. All right, but what we never hear about extremism is its advantages. Well, the biggest advantage of extremism is that it makes you feel good because it provides you with enemies. Let me explain. The great thing about having enemies is that you can pretend that all the badness in the whole world is in your enemies, and all the goodness in the whole world is in you. Attractive, isn't it? So, if you have a lot of anger and resentment in you anyway, and you therefore enjoy abusing people, then you can pretend that you're only doing it because these enemies of yours are such very bad persons, and that if it wasn't for them, you'd actually be good-natured and courteous and rational all the time. So, if you want to feel-good, become an extremist. Okay. Does that sound familiar
2: to anybody? Yeah. Angry, resentful people just needing an enemy. Well, it's the same story written over and over again in humanity. You hope you learn enough from it to avoid the most horrific uh, manifestations of it. But
1: I worry... So, we talked about this yesterday. I don't know if you saw the TikTok. If you didn't, don't worry about it. But if you saw the TikTok of the fat, schlubby guy eating something in front of Bill Wrights oh. and then talking to Andrew Cuomo, what he was eating was I couldn't tell what he was eating. My wife uh, told me last night, and then this person texted and reminded me he was eating uncooked top ramen out of the package <laughs> and putting salt on it. That's what he's doing there. <laughs> Which is a funny move. Have what? you seen
2: that video, Sean? No. It's is, oh, it's is it's, that even edible? He's, he's he's watching Chris Cuomo on CNN yeah. and say, "Where does it say that protests have to be polite and peaceful?" And he's chewing his ramen. We retweeted it on our feed if you want to find it. But right, and and it's the First Amendment, which says the right of the people to peaceably assemble and peaceably is uh, circle. He's, he's chewing. He "Here, you can. Um, it's in the." constitution you can look it up
1: <laughs> he's trying to be extra fat like, right. but the fact that he's eating ramen out of the package dry ramen with salt on it. he salts it <laughs> <laughs> what the oh, that's hell? funny god i love the whole meme tiktok world it's just amazing god i would have been when i was a young man like when i was in high school and stuff i would have been trying every day to get something to go viral just for pride I mean, I would have gotten oh, yeah. such a kick out of trying and to get something to catch you up. you figured out the Internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's,
3: um, it's infinite and, people all trying to go viral simultaneously. Yeah. During the
2: whole COVID lockdown period, Delaney, and she was home for seven weeks, our 20-year-old daughter, um, she was constantly sending us hilarious dog-related TikToks. I mean, they were beautifully done. They were really funny. That If you're a dog lover, the, you know they're endearing and the rest of it. And the creativity is just amazing. Of course, remember, TikTok is uh, the Chinese communists' uh, doorway into your phone or something. Is it?
1: If I yes. if I have the app? Yes.
2: Okay, I don't have it. Absolutely. That.
3: Chairman Xi himself is going through your underwear drawer as we speak. But just yeah, through your phone. I'm very happy that all the best TikToks find their way onto Twitter because yeah. I'm not getting the app.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what I kind of feel like is I'll let them uh, bubble up to where they're onto other media and I find them there. I uh, was just reading some disturbing COVID stuff on the dispatch. Nobody can account for why deaths are going down nationwide while cases are going up. Are and dead, it's not just the increase in testing? No. Are deaths a lagging indicator? Is there something else going on? Is hospital care improving? But they don't know why. And not knowing why is a little disturbing with any of these numbers.
2: Agreed. Deep
5: within the bow.
2: Remix that. The drums are a tad prominent, the lead vocal a tad uh, back. Sorry, my oh, professional assessment. I,
1: I like the music and I think I would like the words if I could understand them. Yeah. Uh, here's your host, Joe Getty.
2: Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap up the show. There he is. He presses the buttons in the control room. Michelangelo, final thought?
0: Yeah, making the uh, menu. Uh, for my wedding. I'll tell you one thing we won't be serving after today. That's guacamole. After that story that uh, Jack told.
2: <laughs> oh, guac is so delicious for a while. Then it just looks like death.
3: Positive, show and a final thought you'd like to share? Yeah, NBA uh, looks like it's coming back. MLB, not so much. Nobody knows what's going on with, uh, with the NFL. But the Nathan's Hot Dog Contest will be going down at a private location without fans. Oh, now. Really? Now, UFC has got Fight Island. I want to dub this Fat Island. Do you think we can get that going?
2: <laughs> yeah, hashtag Fat Island. Jack, you're the dang co-host. Do you have a final thought for us? I think my
1: final thought will be a question. So they're going to have the the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, the Joey Chestnut and everybody, but we don't know where. Is it going to be on TV, on ESPN, as far as we know, Sean?
3: Uh, I believe it will be televised in some way, but uh, it, those details have not yet That been is shared. a Fourth of July
1: tradition at my house, me and the oh, kids yeah. watching it together.
2: Yeah, my final thought is tape has surfaced of Joe uh, Biden praising the daughters of the Confederacy, calling them fine folks. As old as Joe Biden is, I'll bet there's tape of him praising the Nazis in World War II and held the British during the Revolution. He's going to have to fight against these things, Jack. Not really. No, The media will ignore
1: it. It'll have no impact whatsoever. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So
2: many people who thanks a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. You can buy all sorts of great A&G swag. Uh, What else? Oh, all the podcasts are there at armstrongandgetty.com. The hot links. That fabulous letter from a police chief. All of it. armstrongandgetty.com.
1: See you tomorrow. God
0: bless America. Wokadishu, Soviet Union, Anti-Fostan, and this, just for the acronym, Seattle United Communist Kale supporters. Armstrong and Getty.